I love scotch. 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 Yep. Have another whiskey. If you'd like to speak to me in person, press one. If you'd like to order drugs, press hash. <laughs> I had a gentleman in the crowd that was like, tell me how to drink Glenfiddich. And I was like, I will not do that. You drink Glenfiddich how you want to drink Glenfiddich. Wear a cowboy hat in Los Angeles and look at the amount of looks you get. Yeah, it's unbelievable. This is the most flamboyant city on earth. You wear a cowboy hat. People look at you like you are yep. like an alien. The Beatles came on and they might pick me up on his shoulder. George Harrison is as close to me as that wall now. I went, all right, George, all right. And he went, cock. <laughs> and that was the closest <laughs> I ever came to the Beatles. <laughs> have a whiskey while we... Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cheers, Cheers. So welcome back to United States of America, and we've got another out-of-this-world episode. So we've had the first Scotsman in space was on the podcast, I think, nine episodes ago, a spaceship pilot, and now we've got a man who's doing something else from space. Let me introduce you to Chris Newlands, the founder of Spelfy. Hello, Dan. Uh, uh, thank you for having us uh, on, on your podcast, sir. Oh, of course. So... There's two options for how we start. One is you tell us about Spelfy. The other one is we pour a whiskey. What would you like to do first? Um, let's have a whiskey first. I think I think that's probably the best uh, way, way to start the conversation. Would you not suggest? Yeah, you can tell from obviously from Chris's accent, he's a real Scotsman, which is why I gave him the choice to drink first. So, <laughs> what, what have you got at your end? What are you drinking? So, so I, I'm from the west of Scotland. There's a city called Glasgow, not so far from where I am. And there's a, a distillery called Ochintoshin. And they do a fantastic three-wood whiskey, which is very deep and very complex and really very, very tasty. Trying to get a hold of one during a pandemic is really quite tricky, let's be clear. But it's, it's a fantastic whiskey. So I'll be drinking my, my Ochintoshin this evening. Now, I knew you were going to drink Ockintoshan, and I love Ockintoshan, so I was going to pour myself one, and I decided that instead I will use an opportunity to do a fantastic pun instead. But obviously, okay. we are talking about space, so I've decided I've got a space-side whiskey, so, um, <laughs> which gives me a grand choice. So I've got a Balvenie 15 single barrel. That sounds lovely. So I'm just pouring myself little one of these because it's lunchtime here so um there we go so something from space side slash so let's talk about space so now spelfy yes which is a contraction of space selfie so tell me all about spelfy well spelfy um is an idea that came to me literally in the shower uh, about three years ago i was thinking of different ways that you can um engage with younger people and I was thinking about what younger people do and I, I thought they, 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 they take selfies um, and I'd been speaking about space and how business models can maybe develop from uh, obviously utilising space technology so I was literally in the shower thinking about how you can market some fantastic ideas uh, and I, I never took a selfie in the shower Let, let's be clear that wasn't the case uh, but I was thinking about space and I was thinking about selfies I was thinking space selfies that must have been done before surely um, so I, I literally uh, dragged myself went downstairs laptop out did some research and it hadn't been done before 
Um, so basically, we have the ability uh, to capture uh, a live shot, a bit like we're recently described as Google Earth Live, which was uh, probably quite a good example of, of how we work. So it's satellite imagery, uh, real time, taken that day of the event from space, and we can then identify the attendee at the event and put a pin above their head from 600 kilometres away, giving them a souvenir which they can then share. Uh, and it's a fantastic experiential um, element. So again, it's the ultimate selfie from space. Um, and it actually creates a, a brand engagement opportunity for the sponsors because they're enhancing the actual experience for the attendees. Um, and there's been a few COVID switches to that, which we can chat about later as well. But fundamentally, it's the ability to capture live events and their attendees from space in real time, and then creating a shareable, optimised for shareable uh, on, on all social platforms. Extraordinary. Now, obviously, you don't have your own satellite flying around going to the events, but you've Not got... Not yet. Not yet. Oh, interesting. <laughs> Not yet. You've got, obviously, access to a very real... Very yes. serious satellite. So, who, tell me who your satellite partner is. So, we, we are uh, partnered with uh, an organization called Airbus. Airbus, uh, I'll be honest, before this journey, I didn't realize they actually build and launch and maintain satellites and own satellites in space. So they've got several satellites that do different things. And these are called Earth observation satellites. So they take images of the Earth for things primarily oil and gas, defence, agricultural, marine. And there's very few B2C or brand-to-consumer type use cases of satellite imagery. Maybe with the exception maybe of SatNav, that's probably the thing that most people use on a regular basis. Um, so Airbus are a fantastic brand, they're very innovative, uh, and we love being partners uh, with, with Airbus. And I think hopefully we bring something to the party too. Extraordinary. So where are we now? It's going going back now, it will be 10 years. I was the um, British government's relationship manager with Airbus. So wow. I uh, used to go and see their extraordinary aircraft. So I, well, I just did the um, the civil aircraft side, but we saw their... I used to go to their facilities in Bristol and Wales, seeing them build the aircraft, creating thousands of jobs in the UK. So amazing yes. company and a real European project. So oh, fantastic. So you're right, you're holding an event. Obviously, it's a bit difficult at the moment because it's COVID and people aren't really yes. doing live events. But imagine a world, hopefully in six months' time, where there's a live sporting event or a music festival. So you're at the event. You summon the satellites to come at a specific time <laughs> on a, and uh, not cloudy and take a picture? Yeah, uh, summon's a good word. Uh, it's, my, my learning curve has been huge in this one, Dan, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, fundamentally, these satellites are, are, are what they call a geosynchronous uh, orbit around the, around the planet. So they will pass over locally most destinations in the world sometime between, say, 12 and 2 in the, in the day, because that's the optimum light, because bearing in mind the images are obviously, they have to be, if they're taking an image 600 kilometres away, the brighter the, the, the engagement, the better, obviously, from a, a lighting and capture perspective. So we, we, we're kind of in that um, bus timetable, if you like. We can tell you 10 years in advance exactly where the satellite will be. So there's a bit of maths in there, there's a bit of science. This is great for children, because it's kind of STEM subject matters, engineering, space, technology uh, and mathematics so we can tell you exactly where it will be at a given time at a given date 
uh, and tell you to the second where it will be 10 years from now, for example, yeah? So it's really quite quite amazing in my mind, to be honest. So we, we have to tie in the event or, or, or capturing the image with that time scale if you want to be in the picture in real time at that time. So what we've now done is we've extended the time to engage and you can engage entirely for an hour after the event, 24 hours after the, the passing of the satellite, and in some cases up to a month as well. So it gives you a, a real time image of that day and capturing the majesty of the event and that experience and we can extend that and there's various use cases for that too fantastic so let's say oh no, let's pick a hypothetical football team <clears throat> i work for one so let's say orange <laughs> county soccer club we're playing yes. a game we've got fans in the stadium you know we do something with you guys you take a picture of our stadium from above on a cloudless day which we have yes. in orange county and Theoretically, we could sell sponsorship onto the roof of the stadium or on nearby fields or whatever it is, because that would obviously all be visible. And then, so yes. how does it work? So a fan at a game downloads the app, and then how do they engage with your imagery from space? So fundamentally, we would set up an event in the app. So the Orange County versus, let's say, Glasgow Rangers. Let's say it's a, 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 I happen to be a Glasgow Rangers fan. We don't tell everybody because nobody's happy with that necessarily at this moment in time. Uh, but fundamentally, OCS versus um, Glasgow Rangers. Um, and it's a, an event in the summertime, let's say. Yeah. So so fundamentally, we go to the event. They would see the game. They would say they're going to the event. And then a countdown begins. Now, that could be sponsored by a fantastic brand, like Hogue, for example, whatever the case may be, the choice would be yours. Uh, and when they get to the actual the time of the event, when the satellite's passing, we'll prompt them to take a satellite through the app. We then send them a mashup of the live satellite image and also their face personalised against that with a pin above their head, which they then share to say they're at the game. Uh, now, we can have people uh, actually, if they're streaming uh, anywhere in the world or watching the game anywhere in the world, participate in inverted commas too, which is actually quite a nice uh, aspect from a COVID perspective too. But if you're there, we give you a souvenir to say you were there, and then you can share that image across the planet. Fantastic. So it works, but basically any event that's happening that's not on a cloudy day, maybe I guess not at night, um, but sports events, um, presumably music festivals, but also, you know, a fixed time event. I know that obviously the inauguration, for example, there yes. weren't people there this time, but, you know, that sort of mass participation outdoor event in a future world when these are allowed again, you could use a technology for that. Well, we actually used it for the last inauguration, uh, we, we had it lined up, we had a, a fantastic exclusive lined up with a, a, a national te television um, a channel, uh, but obviously there was, a, there was a few challenges, let's just say, around about the time of the, the inauguration itself. So, uh, so fundamentally, we, we continued to, to uh, capture the event from space, uh, and we had a really fantastic response from the people who actually participated in the Spelfi event. So we captured a picture of Washington that day from space. Uh, and you're, 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 you're actually, uh, you have the ability, uh, we have the ability to capture that event and actually allow people who are not there to participate from anywhere on the planet. And the, the feedback from the users was amazing. They said uh, it was not, it was, it was great to have the ability to watch, but it was even better to have the ability to participate in the event as well. And some of the imagery is astounding, to be honest. Yeah, no, I'm sure. I think that's the thing. During these COVID worlds, everyone's trying to find different ways of doing things. But saying yeah. you're at a sports event by watching it on TV, but then 
putting your you know your geolocation but sharing with you know an overhead of that of that event feels like a very modern way of managing and creating community during times when we can't physically be together. Yeah, it's probably good for mental health, Dan, as well, to be honest, feeling part of something when you can't be part of something, if you like, as well. I mean, a great example would have been the the the, the, um, the Super Bowl. I mean, and even going forward, it's still a great example, because if you take a stadium, maximum 70, 80,000 people, let's say, in a stadium, but 158 million people watched that, that match, yeah? Now, imagine the ability for the sponsors of that event to be able to engage with 157,900,000 people people who can never be in, in the actual stadium. So it's a great way of engaging with remote audiences as well as attendees. Yeah, no, absolutely. Very good. Now, look, how does a man from Glasgow find himself selling space? And also, don't take this the wrong way, but you're not young. Um, <laughs> you know, you're, not, you're not a TikTok generation millennial thinking, I'm not. how are my friends going to like this? So how does a, a, a veteran, how should we call you, if a veteran Scotsman, from Glasgow, get into the space selfie game? Well, it, it's funny that, I, I, as you said, I've said, I am a veteran. I'm ex-Armed Forces, ex-Royal Navy, uh, served six years. Uh, I then took that experience and became a financial advisor and then took that experience to become an entrepreneur. No, that's, that's an important um, example because when you join the Armed Forces, when you go, especially in the Royal Navy, you, one person will transfer to a ship at a time. So you've got to make 150 to 250 friends every single time you move ships, yeah? Whereas if you're in the, in the army, you move as a platoon. So you go almost like a family, if that makes sense as well. So you build relationships up. And I, I think what I've been able to do is take my networking skills, relationship-based skills, uh, and, and open up a, a whole new concept uh, in the sense that uh, you take the same skills of, of networking and relationship uh, to a, a new world and you use that to open up those particular doors. And I think I've always been a bit of an entrepreneur and I was trying to change things from within, uh, within large organisations, but that can be like bang your head off a brick wall sometimes. I think the value of actually, uh, there's risks and reward of actually running your own business is that you have all the responsibility and all the decisions to make, but the problem with that is you have all the responsibility and all the decisions to make. So it's a it's a it's a it's a fine balance, and uh, I thoroughly enjoy it. And we've got the ability to you've got the ability as an entrepreneur to change the world, and, and that's what we intend to do. So I mean, it's a it's a brilliant concept. I guess this is a broader question about entrepreneurship. So you know, I was I ran a startup and. Uh, a technology startup for a couple of years after I left government. And it was great business, but I was doing the rounds of trade show. I was going to CES, the biggest trade show in the world, in Vegas, telling the story. I was going to events, telling the story. Launching a really clever business during a pandemic where, obviously, it speaks for itself. Once it starts getting going, people will see it, and there will they'll, they'll start to be some momentum where it will be used at one event, and then it will obviously be picked up for another. But you can't go around telling the story the way you would, I imagine, want to. You know, you'd be flying the world, buying people whiskey, chatting to them, telling them the story. You can't do that. So what, what does running a startup, particularly an interesting one like this, when you can barely leave your house, look like? Well, it, it really depends on people like yourself, Dan, and, and, and podcast situations, and, and, and you, you, you attend as many uh, online networking f functions that you can. You're constantly learning. Uh, I used to fly to London every single Tuesday in life. I've not fl uh, flown now for 50 weeks. 
Uh, it was 9th of March uh, 2020 was the last time I flew anywhere, uh, which is alien in its own right as well. So so I, I think, I've, although we're a startup, we're, we've, we've, we're maintaining a momentum and we've started to build some relationships. And I think we had some fantastic events lined up for last year, which COVID just, they just collapsed like a, a deck of cards. Uh, so we're maintaining those relationships uh, and, and simultaneously, uh, obviously trying to build new relationships. And we've had to pivot a wee bit as well. The, the ability to engage with that remote audience has become really important now. Um, and let's face it, although we, we can see light at the end of the tunnel over the next eight, six months in certain countries, many countries may be years before they're going to be COVID-free potentially too. So I, I think the ability to pivot and to change and transform it is what an entrepreneur does to some degree. You've done it yourself, yeah? Um, and I've worked for organisations that by mentioning the mere name of the organisation, the door flies wide open and you're welcomed in like a family friend and there's cake and there's coffee laid out for you. But fundamentally, when you've got to create a concept, sell that concept to the world, sell the brand to the world, tell them what it does and why it's so different, and it is incredibly different compared to what's out there on the market, um, that, that story does take time, and getting out to enough people takes time and potentially money too. Um, but the way we've generated the, 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 the Spelfy concept is that we become a friend of the brand, a friend of the event, because we can give them so much greater reach uh, and, and and a better return on their, in their investment too, and a tangible return. So it means that hopefully they're going to be promoting our concept to their audiences, which saves us a fortune in marketing. So look, I, I, I get it. I get the concept. You know, I'm, I'm not young, but I'm not old. Um, I've worked in technology. You know, actually, I know Airbus. I understand sort of this. I also understand, you know, working live events and sport. I use social media. I get it. I can see how lots of other young people get it. I imagine if I if I tell my dad who's on the podcast this week, which I sometimes do, and I say I've got this company and they do space selfies and I explain the concept, he will say, So what? Like, who cares? What what's it's clever and it's it's gimmicky, but so what? And I wonder whether, you know, other old people feel the same. So what's the what's the sort of so what answer? You know, what is it that you're doing that really is not just a sort of clever but silly gimmick? Well, let, let, let's give you some examples of that. I, I think if you, you're, you're younger than me, uh, but I remember Live Aid, uh, which happened obviously uh, 30 odd years ago. The ability to look back on that and show an image of you being at Live Aid or for that matter, um, Glastonbury, 20, 30 years from now, and show your grandkids that when, once upon a time I was quite cool has got some some attraction to it. And we're looking to gather almost a bit like a, I don't know, a YouTube for selfies or spellfies. We can, so if you can gather all of your actual experiences in one place and capture them from an entirely different perspective. And let's be honest, space is glamorous. Well, the whole all of the news has been captured has captured the landing of the Perseverance rover on Mars this last week or so. Yeah, lead up to it, the, the whole. I mean, the, the column inches are incredible. So there's a real uh, glamour. Space is sexy. There's no doubt about that at all. 
So it's not about technology. This is about selfies and capturing experiences and that ability to say, not so much to boast, but to say, I was there. I was there when that happened. Something uh, like the inauguration had everything going smoothly this year and not being in the middle of like a pandemic. Imagine being one of the 1.5 or 2 million people uh, that would have lined the streets and be able to put a pin above your head to say, I was there when the president was, was sworn in. These are just moments in time that you can never replicate again. That's what we think is the, the benefit of spellfin. So what does this look like in, I don't know, three years' time? If, assuming it all works, yeah. the events come back and you, you get on the growth cycle that you want to, what what is I mean I don't know if you were joking before about having your own satellite but you know what, what is the future of of Spelfi if this business works? Well, we were granted our United States patents last week, so effectively um, that's opened up a whole new um, raft of business concepts for us as well. Effectively, the relationship between human beings uh, in terms of the uh, their location, uh, the, 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 any images they produce, audio they produce, um, or any kind of wearables and data that comes from that, and that relationship with um, uh, um, Earth observation satellites globally is ours. Okay, now that protects the spell business model because that's what we do, which is relate people to uh, Earth observation satellites. Uh, but the patent uh, opens up other licensing opportunities potentially too. We, uh, if you go back to the spell concept, uh, we are very much of the opinion we can become, we can form partnerships, we can become part of the engine room potentially, or we can become an alternative uh, to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Google potentially because we offer hyper targeting. We go straight to the audience at the event there's no quibble about it there's no guesswork it's hyper targeting straight to that particular audience or the audience that are watching the event so you know they're interested now if you can imagine three years time we could be doing hundreds of events capturing hundreds of events every single day as the satellites go around the planet and capturing tens of thousands of attendees at those events as well so it's just becomes uh, its own thing. It grows its own arms and legs. It grows. It, it gets critical mass of events, and people start to build. Um, obviously, hopefully, tens if not hundreds of events they've attended over the next five to ten years, and they can look back on those and share them on social media with their friends and friends and family. As a young business, you've got all the challenges of, you know, traction, marketplace yeah. presence. You know, obviously potentially growing pains if things start going well. But actually, as a business, apart from all the internal stuff, is your biggest problem the weather in the sense that clouds, you know, if you book a great gig, you know, let's say you did a Super Bowl at an outdoor venue and it's yes. basically cloudy for three days. Um, does that is, that, is that one of your biggest challenges? Without question. I mean, I, I mean, clouds are uh, a phenomenon that no satellite can see. Well, you can see through them, but you're not going to. You know, there are ones that can X-ray through clouds, or they can actually. Uh, so, but we, we, um, the, the experience wouldn't be the same. So, it's a big issue. What we try and do is we try and have um, a contingency. We try and take an image a few days before when we know that the weather will be better. Uh, so that there's an element of making sure that happens. And we did that with the inauguration. Uh, that because we, the, the, on the moment that the, the, the satellite passed over, there was a a, a, a snow cloud actually. Over for Washington at that point, we were taking an image on the 14th, so it still captured the stage, so it was still experiential uh, at, at, at that given time as well. So yeah, cloud's an issue. If it's a multi-day event, we'll take an image each day of the events. 
And if one of the days is cloudy, we'll send everybody who went to that event on the Monday after the event, the best image of the event, so there's something to share, which pleases the user and it pleases the brand and the event as well. So, so we try and uh, compensate for that, but the, 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 it certainly clouds uh, having a, a business in, in California or Dubai is the perfect situation for us at this moment in time. I'm sure, or actually in China, because I think if I remember rightly, at the Beijing Olympics, they seeded the clouds to make sure that it was a clear day for the opening yeah. ceremony. Not sure the impact that would have from a climate or eco perspective necessarily, but let's not go there. They're probably listening potentially as well, so yeah. we shouldn't go there. But I believe the Russians do something similar as well. I think it involves a slight nuclear reaction as well, so uh, I'm not entirely sure if that, that's useful, but that may be a scurrilous accusation. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> Very good. Right, super. So look, whiskey question. Uh, we last question we ask every guest, which is, if you could drink any whiskey with anyone, dead or alive, Oof. who would it be? What would it be? And where would it be? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, so the whiskey would be on my Callum, uh, almost certainly. Um, because uh, it's smooth, it's a space egg whiskey as well. Um, and um, oh, his name escapes me just now. Good morning, Vietnam. Robin Williams. Mm. Robin Williams is a man who I had the greatest respect for. I was devastated when he passed away, and uh, I thought he was just such a bright, intelligent force of life, to be honest. And uh, I think you would um, die laughing in his company, potentially, with a nice bottle of McCallum uh, at that point. But uh, he's a man that uh, I've always um, I always thought was just an amazing character and such a loss uh, to, to us all, to be honest. So, And that's someone that's passed away, someone who's, who's alive. Uh, Barack Obama, I, I think, would be, forget politics, just purely as an, an, an orator. Uh, he was amazing. He, I, I heard him speak in Edinburgh uh, about three, three, four years ago. And uh, it, was, it just had the whole audience in the palm of his hand. And that's just a talent that very, very few, uh, few people have. Ignoring politics, just looking and listening to the skill of that, uh, that man as an orator was quite incredible, uh, to be honest. So, so that would be my, my two. One, one alive and one not so, unfortunately. All right, so McAllen with Robin Williams or Barack Obama, where would you have this whiskey? Where? Um, where? It's a very good question, actually. Um, where? Favourite place in the world? I, I'd probably say Barbados. Um, uh, somewhere where I can sit back, relax, uh, enjoy the weather, and um, uh, and simultaneously the company as well. It's uh, it was a, it was a nice mix of. Uh, a quality environment, uh, along with obviously the weather, and uh, that or the Cayman Islands, I would say, are the two places that uh, uh, draw me most in, in terms of the world. So, if you got the timing right, if you were to have a whiskey with Barack Obama on a beach in Barbados, could you also ah, do a spellfi? Yes, you could. Uh, a, a, a very expensive whiskey, it has to be said, <laughs> from, from, that, from that perspective. Now, we we don't think we're particularly uh, an expensive. Um, uh, service necessarily if you put it into context. We're we are targeting luxury weddings as well. We're also targeting uh, super yacht hire. Uh, so at the end of your week, you could organise a spell for you to capture you and your audience. And it can be private, but it can be a private event as well. And that can be quite interesting for in so many fronts. 
uh, potentially as well. So um, yeah, so we don't we don't think we're it's it's it is five figures, but it's not ridiculous in terms of the actual the, the overall experience that you could be capturing, subject to obviously the audience. But the more people that participate, the easier that becomes. Yeah, indeed. Although if you get the right McCallum, the McCallum could still cost significantly more than the price of the You're not kidding. You're not kidding. They're very, they're very expensive. Uh, and certainly a 40, I think a 40-year-olds are, are, are older, are certainly four, five, six thousand pounds a bottle nowadays. Yeah, so it is, yeah. it's quite quite an amazing experience. Indeed. Very good. Look, Chris, thank you very much for being part of the podcast. Thank you for telling the, the Spelfy story. I imagine if your business works, and I have no reason to think it wouldn't, it's the sort of thing that we're all start seeing because obviously the the point is you're using micro-influencers, as it were. So if you start getting successful, we'll start seeing our friends of all ages putting things on Facebook and Twitter yes. and, and whatever else. So um, yes. I imagine it'll be the sort of business that will start creeping up on people um, as you start to do well. So I wish you the very best of luck. It has been genuinely a pleasure. Thank you very much, Stan. Slanch. I love scotch. 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 Yep. And don't forget to not just follow us on Twitter and Instagram at US of Dramerica, but also ask us questions and comment and say nice things. And please don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. And if the mood takes you, you can leave us a review as uh, feedback is always welcome. And drink whiskey. Slanchevar.